0: Broadcast on this Monday evening. Uh, with me tonight, we have my co-host Peter A. Allison. Good evening, everyone. And our special ga- our special guests, our special guests, William Anton Yo. And Alexander Weber. Huh? So, gentlemen, who are you? What's your thing? What do you do?
1: I'll let Alex go first, I suppose.
0: Uh, well, yeah, as you said, uh, I'm
2: Alex, this is Will, and um, together we are AWA Game Design, and um, we have just recently launched War on Terror, a new um, sci-fi tabletop miniature war game on Kickstarter, which some people may or may not have heard of. Um, so yeah, that's, that's probably the shortest intro, as to who we are, we can give. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Okay. Oh sorry.
3: What is what is War and Terror? Can you can you give us like the the elevator pitch for it please?
1: Uh, yeah, so um War and Terror set in the well, near distant future, I suppose if you want to say it that way, a couple of hundred years in the future. Um mankind spread out to the stars after coming over sort of civil conflict on the world. Uh, we've come towards we've come together, explored the stars and essentially come into contact with a load of alien forces. Um, while we're trying to settle and colonise new planets and so too are they and thus instigating the war a war um, between those forces and uh, our game is set during this part of turmoil um, this time of turmoil um, and you basically get to play the war which is pretty cool, if that's uh, the best way to say it <laughs> yeah. it's um, its not just a game we've invented lore to it Um which we're always going to build on because we're, we're big sci-fi lovers. So, yeah, law, game, a uh, rule set, it's everything, yeah.
3: Okay. I mean, and how did you first kind of come out creatively? What was the spark of inspiration?
4: Alex?
2: Um, I suppose, very long story short, um, I tried many times over the years to get into other various um, tabletop war games, uh, some more familiar than others. Um, i never really uh, never really understood why they were the way they were, why certain rules were written the way they were um yeah, just um, every time I went back, there were maybe different rule sets, different editions, should we say, and um I always just had an idea that oh i 'll well, just i 'll come up with my own one i'll 'll create my own tabletop game like that would be the easiest thing to do in the world. Um, but then one day I was at work and I met, uh, met Will and he also had a love for tabletop games. So I, I said that, you know, I was looking to, looking to do one at some point, never really knowing what the next step would be. And then, yeah, before we knew it, we were getting together and, you know, knocking out these rules and concepts for armies and things and yeah, just, it grew from there
0: really. Well, I mean, that was... Uh, very slowly. I mean, that was about
2: eight years ago now. I think. Give or I think it's coming up to about eight yeah. years,
0: yeah. Well, wow, so that's a, that's quite a long time. Bear in mind, we met you uh not this year. Well, we saw you this year, but we saw you last year was yes. when yes. you had your thing and you were just about uh, to put it on to Kickstarter. So that's uh, that's quite a long development time. So you've put a lot of thought into it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we yeah lives uh, we full time jobs lives we couldn't just stop um if we we've spoken many times and thinking about it not heavily but we reckon the amount of like full-time work we've put into this is about a year and a half maybe um if we had pushed it all down um but we're actually quite glad it's taken quite a while um there's loads of things that like the rule sets that immediately from the get-go we would think, oh, that works. And we'd even run through parts of the rules with models, proxy models at the time, and think, perfect. Literally not being able to get together for maybe a month or maybe even getting together for a couple of months, we'd work on some different rules. And all of a sudden, we'd reread the old ones and be like, how does that make sense again? That now doesn't work. Or we'd go over a model and be, and after having learned new modeling techniques, just say to ourselves, we can do this so much better. So by having it take this long, it's aided us in making sure that everything's kind of fallen into place a bit better. And I'm I'm really glad personally as well, and I know Alex is, that we hadn't been able to rush it, um, weirdly enough. So it's nice. And the skills that we've been able to develop over these years has enabled us to really think about other aspects to game design, and um, for other games, future games um, that we've got um, that we that we got plans that we now know are cap- we're capable of doing thanks to it just taking this long, so yeah. it's nice.
0: So what came what came first was uh, I appreciate you said that you wanted to create a war game and uh, you know you, you'd played other games and you want something different, but when you were creating it, did you set out lore first or did you just kind of go? I've got a vague idea, but I kind of want to make sure that these rules are working this way. How did you go about it first? Yeah, we uh, (laughs) kind of, it's a chicken and the egg sort of question.
4: uh, We
2: we did, we did to an extent, give it conscious thought because right from the start, we always, we always thought it's it's basically, there's three prongs to it. You've got to have the models have got to be great the rule set's got to be solid and the law's got to be something interesting exciting and so everything has to work together so i mean our law is very much based it's a hard science law it's based as much in reality as possible
4: Mm.
2: so yes you've got to look at the rule of cool but even when we were designing some of the models it's like well that wouldn't work based on what we've said can be done um in the law and so it's yeah we sort of everything was built around a framework of everything else. So it sort of, it, it grew up together and say some rules led on to why the law went in that direction instead of maybe going in another direction. So it's, we think we did it the right way, mm. be, it, it may, be it maybe by accident, you know, just serendipity that it just it happened to be like that. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Essentially
1: we, we both agreed with a, a common love of, physics science biology re- real world sciences. essentially that we wanted it grounded in real world we wanted it somewhat to the point where this could be a thing this could actually happen um and once we had agreed that is it going to be fantastical science fiction um similar to like things like star wars where brilliant but They've got force lightsabers. Might not really work that way. You can't really use light that way. And it's, Space wizards, it's exactly. <laughs> within the, within their law, brilliant. Or do we go down a Star Trek route where it's grounded? Both work, but we both mm.
0: agree. Okay. More, I'd say more <laughs> like the more like the Expanse, <laughs> maybe more like the Expanse, maybe where there's like if if you're fans yeah. of the Expanse, which is like. One of the if you've not seen the expanse is possibly the best sci-fi series that has ever right. graced tv but um have you ever seen the expanse before no oh man oh, but just switch well, off the podcast and just go on. Uh,
3: yeah,
4: if, yeah. You, if
0: you if you <laughs> if you like your um realistic science science fiction uh space science fiction the expanse is superb it's like fantastic. absolutely it's to the point where because of inertia, like the one thing I I love is that spaceships reverse to planets because of inertia, so they have to have their their thrusters going to stop them moving in the same direction. So they, when they're coming to a planet, they don't do what all spaceships do in science fiction—go straight to the planet they turn around and they thrust back. So they've got to stop the momentum to get them back to the planet and stuff. And they have like real, they have like real guns and things like that. And they don't have like faster than light travel. They have this sort of thing that makes them really fast, but they have, they inject themselves with um, like uh, like what they call juice. So their bodies can deal with that speed and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. So
1: with the fast and light thing, we've already, yeah, we, Humans in our universe have never went faster than light uh, because our bodies can't take it. Um, so we've added things like that. So once we had agreed that we got a setting, then, as Alex mentioned, then we could start building on that and uh, developing it around it.
3: What I mean, there, there are several like sci-fi war games out there, of which we're not going to bother naming. But what makes War on Terror? Different. What's the, what's the
0: USP of War and Terror? Um, Elev- elevator pitch. You've got five minutes, you're trying to sell it to us. Yeah. It's exactly <laughs> the
1: same as what we said with yourselves last yeah. year. It's yeah. complete scalability. Um, Which I love. And the tactics of it because of that. Um, I mean, we've been developing it for, yeah, like we said, seven, eight years. And every time we've played it, of all the times we've played it, I've never gotten bored of it, um, which is great. Um, of all the people we've shown, of all at the conventions, it's only taken one turn to be able to show them everything they need to know to be able to play the whole game, um, which is quite a nice ability to be able to pitch to say, "Hey, look, we're going to we're going to do three phases, and you'll you'll know then that anything else that says something different." Essentially revolves around those three phases. So if you got if you know them, you're done. And the ability to separate your models and bring back together dependent on your fancy and your playstyle is brilliant. It means that no game will ever truly play the same between any player. You're not gonna get players that are gonna find <clears throat> the exact perfect niche. Of a sort of a Death Star bubble, of characters all mixing in their rules, because we also don't have a coherency, uh, not coherency, a um you a requirement to play the game. So you don't have to bring a commander, two troops, three, whatever.
0: Also no. If you want to bring forced, so force organization, force
1: organization. Yeah, yeah, there is no such thing. It doesn't work in the real world. We don't play that way. Um. If you think that your enemy is going to hit hard, bring heavy artillery. That's all you need. You'll bring in a, you'll bring or bring in some tanks or call in an airstrike. Or don't have to be like, well, we are thinking about bringing in some tanks, but now we've got to have two troops to accompany And It's like, don't give me that. Bring in more tanks. And that's how the game works. If you think your playstyle revolves around vehicles and you like that then play that
0: way, play a vehicle game. So, how do you? Which, obviously, um, being a jaded veteran of uh, a certain sci-fi game uh, that we all know and love to hate, um, how yeah. does how does one um, stop uh, spamless and abuse? Is uh, how do you know if you bring if a guy brings a load of tanks? How does the other fella? Because um, I'm not sure how you know you compare, you know, not knowing the rules. You Somebody brings a list, another person brings a list. And like, hey, man, I just brought a load of tanks, and Mike, the other guy's like, oh, yeah, well, I just brought um, a, a sort of kind of mixed army, and and now I am going to sort of lose pretty badly and stuff. How do how is there a way to balance that out? How does it work?
1: So every army's got anti or t- anti. Um, well anti-everything they've got anti-infantry and anti-vehicle or creature as we call it as well Um, if you find out your opponent's bringing all the tanks um, a lot of the time uh, Alex will be able to um, mention on play styles as well uh, whether we have um, attacking player and defending player Um, if it's equal standing a lot of the time within the points if you think that certain things are going to go down, you can bring anti-vehicle weaponry, um, which will be able to take out the tanks with relative ease. Um, everything has a weakness in just its cyber maneuverability or what it can really damage um, versus strength in what it can move and what it can damage. Um, it all comes down to knowing your enemy as well. If you think that you've played against humans enough and you are sure that, the guy's just going to bring a tank list. Then try to bring in as as many um, anti-vehicle models as he can, and it's just about playing the game.
0: Do you... um, I was going to say... With the... um turns have you gone have you gone turn about have you done what i have a big thing for alternating activations which i i love in games have you done alternating activations have you gone turn about like
1: a little bit in between um so as far as the turn goes um it always goes alternating phases not alternating activation
4: um
1: so priority is rolled every single turn it even has its own phase just to make sure that people don't forget it, um, I've never agreed with rolling priority once, and then that being the swing for the whole game. Um, so every t- at the start of every turn we roll priority. <clears throat> Whether I let's just say I win priority turn one, I let's maybe go straight to the movement phase. I move all my models or as many models as I want, and then it's over to your movement phase. Um, So you move all your models and whether that be putting themselves out, putting yourself out in the open to get good line of fire or diving behind cover because I've made myself in the open for good line of fire is up to you. Once you've moved, it's then to my shooting phase. It's your shooting phase, my combat phase, your combat phase, end game.
0: Okay, so it's kind of like... Um, uh, middle earth strategy battle game and stuff. They kind of do it that way, which I, I think is a really good. It's, it's such
1: a, a better game.
0: Yeah, it's. I a, love
1: middle. I love War, like uh, Lord of the Rings.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a really like out of all the, the sort of like granted they've got the new um, the new sort of uh, uh, epic coming out and it's alter alternating sort of things which I love. But I play middle uh, middle earth strategy battle game and the idea that I move then you move which means you have yes. a way to get away from potential yeah. shooting or combat it gives you a chance to to react which, yeah. which i what almost say, forty k doesn't have. Uh, which there's for sh-
1: never going to be a turn one kill. Yeah, like- it,
0: yeah. Alpha striking is the most infuriating and annoying thing in that game, and I, it, it it has been my bugbear. What I think makes forty k um, an all right game, which could be a better game. It's re- they refuse and have done since second edition i think to do anything with the the turn phase and i just don't yeah. understand why you would ever have i think it makes more sense when it was just mainly infantry and maybe a trip transport yeah. and stuff like that yeah. but now you've got all these big heavy vehicles that can blast stuff into oblivion and you're losing all these yeah. these great things that you've spent ages painting and you're very proud of and I, I stick it on my table and it's dead within a second and you're just like I just don't understand it. Whereas with the with your game, it seems, and with the middle earth strategy battle game and stuff, you can move stuff around, and then the other person's like, ah, right, okay, they're going to get into that position, so I'll move it here. So you feel like you've got agency, and that you're not yes. getting you're not getting you know done because of a, a bad rule. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, now I appreciate there's sort of there's terrain things you can hide behind terrain, but basically you can get blasted off the map. Turn one, and it's no. all down because you lost the dice roll on the first the first roll, and that doesn't sit well with me. It just you know, it's not something no. I enjoy. It's not about good generalship; it's about luck, and that's whereas your game seems to be something where you have to think about what each other is doing and then sort of counteract that and stuff, which is massively.
1: Fun. And then with that as well, being having the ability <coughs> to separate all of your models, so. During any ballistic phase, um, the attachments are a one or more models that share a certain keyword called an attachment type. One attachment, again, whether that be one model or more, can only shoot um, or attack one other attachment. So if your enemy has a group of 20 um, because they want to really dish out that high rate of fire and you're worried that they'll be able to take you out, then separate all your models into individual-like models, and that group of 20 can only then hit that one model.
3: <laughs> okay, um, so it's, bit, yeah, so it's yeah. spreading out, this erecting to their formation.
1: Yeah, yeah so if, if we notice noticed playing, that a lot of the time we want to lose priority. Because I really want to know. Um, so I want to know where you're moving so that I can react to you. So I want you to go first in priority order, in phase order. Because once you move, I can then spread out and see if I can react to you in my shooting phase and make it harder for you to shoot me in yours, which you're going first. So if that's one of the IPs, it's, it's, it really is up there. Wanting to lose priority, um, which is which is a great one. Yeah. And it happens all the time.
3: Given your background in the military, how has that influenced your approach to uh, the developing War on Terror?
1: Quite a bit. Um, in literally just what we were talking about, being able to split up and manoeuvre um, around the battlefield, I never understood why... Um, super soldiers of the future had to hold hands when moving up the boards. Uh, they, they, obviously, and I'm going to mention it, Space Marines, you can bring them in a troop of 10 and you can split them. Um, I don't know with 10th and how it works, but you could split them to a group of five in combat patrols. But still those five were stuck together and they still could not join together to reform that group of ten. So that made no sense. So they were kind of getting there with being able to split them. But if we were we were trained, to, if we were coming under heavy fire, separate. Make it, make it so much harder for your enemy to hit. The larger group we are, the easier it is to engage and hit. So separate, spread yourselves out, shout to each other. We're all on radio anyway. We're all on comms. You can communicate. And then you can effectively move around and flank. And you were just eight or 10 guys and you were still able to separate and spread out and effectively engage the enemy from there. So being able to work that into the game, and this goes back to right at the start of the game, uh, right at the start of the development, seven, eight years ago, we knew that we needed a game where we needed to be able to separate all of the models in any way we wanted because you don't know what your enemy's going to do because they can also do that. How so that massively influence the part that part of the game?
0: So how does that work? How does command work? So obviously, you know, if you're trying with you're trying to be uh, sort of kind of semi-realistic and stuff, how does that work within command? Surely you have to have a command range. I appreciate there's you got sort of radios and things like that. Do you have to have a commander on the field, et cetera? How does that work? So
1: you don't need a commander. Again, there's no force organization. Um, the command models um have tiers. So they go from at the point in time, tier one to tier four. You can't take more than one of each tier. So you can't like bring 20 um, like tier one humans, which are majors to the field Um, because they're just going to, yeah, too many chefs kind of thing. So you can only bring one of them and they do bring certain buffs um, to the game as well. So you do kind of want to bring one. In the future, we are going to release several different, like, let's say, Tier 1 commanders for each force to try, to start personalizing your, your, your own army. Fair Um yeah. But you don't have to bring
3: them. Okay. Okay. And, and, um, and most of like time, because, you know, literally right now, we are speaking to each other from across the country over yeah. hundreds of miles. So literally, you don't need a commander and yeah. um, you can literally be watching what's happening from a satellite like essentially live streaming the kind of uh, like,
0: engagement kind of like aliens yeah. pete like gorman in the apc and in, in aliens when he shows he sends like he sounds like the, yeah. uh, the marines
3: it also reminds me of black hawk down but also that demonstrates like the communications lag and the issues that caused yeah so the
1: way we wanted it was that Yes, you have a commander on the field, but you're effectively the higher command on a spaceship somewhere, yeah. overlooking the battlefield, telling your guys where to go. Yeah,
3: which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because like yeah. You, you don't put your command staff on the no. front line because they get shot.
0: Pretty much. <laughs> Bear me; I'm going to murder my dog shortly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and um, right, come
3: come on. On. what are the what are the different factions in your in the game? I mean, and how do you kind of Keep them distinct yet balanced, because I mean that's going to be the that's going to be the challenge. Keeping everything flavorful and distinct, but making sure ones are overpowered.
1: Alex, I'll pass it over to you if you want.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. Again, the, well, the balancing issue yeah is always going to be a tricky one in any game. Um, so we've opened with four forces. Um, we've got humans. Uh, we've got the greys, uh, which are our take on sort of textbook grey aliens. Uh, you've got the Haraka, which are, are bug-like, fast-moving, uh, close-combat army. Everyone likes a bug army. Uh, if you think Starship Troopers, you're, you're 90% I am thinking of it, that. It <laughs> yeah. um,
0: Absolutely.
2: And then we've got Talus, which are a bit more interesting. They're sort of they're our robotic Ooh. mining army. Um, not AI. They're not artificially intelligent. Oh. Um, so they're... They're the four we've got we've got three more in the pipeline. Um, one to hopefully potentially tie in with our retail launch, uh, which are the Watchers, and they're purely ethereal energy races It's a hundred percent floating army, uh, which we don't think we've seen before. So they're all very different because they all have very different play styles, technology, weapons. The balancing. Balancing from day one, you always hear anyone who talks about it in the industry is that balancing is is the key. In terms of what Will was saying earlier, you can choose any models you like in any configuration. The balance comes from the player, in essence. Um, So, yes, because you can take anything. Coming back to our earlier example, if your enemy's taking nothing but tanks and you've taken... A lot of guys, but none of them are, are equipped to take down vehicles. Then that game would be unbalanced. But it's not through the game's fault because there are plenty of choices you could take in order to combat and probably and pretty quickly overwhelm a, a, mm. a huge array of tanks if that's what they've chosen to do. So yeah, it is. It's about knowing. I think Will said it earlier. So echoing that, it's about knowing what your army has and what it can do, and what your enemy's choices are and what they can do. So it's very much. Well, I think we've said it before. I think I've stuck this quote on the website somewhere. But we we wanted it to be like chess. The game is painfully easy to learn, but all the strategy, all the mastery of it comes just from the players, from the players' experience. Is it? So, yeah.
0: Is it? Um, what are the game types? So obviously it, it, objectives, just kill everything. How does it sort of play out?
2: Well, we've got. The general rules um, are for what we call all-out war, which is just these are the bog standard rules when your mission is just to kill anything else that's on the table that's not that's not a friendly model. Yeah. Um, yeah. We do have a couple of other things. Uh, we've um, a couple of them are in expansion, so we have got an objective expansion, and that comes with uh, I think it's two decks, 300 playing cards split into two decks. And each one's got a different, unique objective on it. Um, I think the red deck is the conflict deck, and that just involves having to kill certain enemy models or certain enemy model types using various different weapons. There's a whole array of things there. And the other one is um, the uh, the other side of it is you get different models and different location targets. So yeah, you have to go and hold position one, or you have to go and find where the thermonuclear bomb is and transport that to. It's, it's hard to explain on here without obviously being
0: yeah, yeah,
4: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. What we've got on tables. And then we've got um, we've got another one which is probably my favorite. I think it's probably it's, it's one. It's awesome. It's um, it's called Wackazino, which Ooh. is like whack-a-mole, basically. So you have um, six uh, locations marked out on the table, and then there's decks of playing cards which have different um alien types and how many of them, and they've got their own little stack card on it so effectively during the game not only are you trying to kill your enemy but these random alien creatures are popping up and you also have to deal with those because you get certain points for dealing them so it's yeah it's not just your bog standard different game types who tried to mm. it's
4: almost
2: it almost makes it a completely different game or at the very least changes your yeah because well, you can't and sit it, and camp and shoot you have to get out there and do yeah
1: and do. it doesn't change in the both both of those expansions the um well, the Wacka and objective expansion—they um, or mass objective—they don't change any of the game rules. So once you learn the game, you can add these, and it just increases the the strategic part of it.
3: Yes, yeah, so it's busy. it's like um, optional extras that are kind of tacked on to the game, rather than you know essentially a new rule system that they have to learn. Yeah.
0: I've always yeah, said we, that. Sorry, carry on.
1: Uh, well, we we said it from the start. As you just mentioned, it's not extra rules and stuff. It's just add-ons uh, because we we don't want to redo the rules ever. Like we want to, we want people to be okay. Let's say Warren and Terror out after a, a few years. Let's say that happens. Whoever has it, I want them to be able to pick up the game in ten years' time and be like, Ah, oh, I remember how to play this. And it still be the way so they can get back into it, meet up with new players and still know the game.
3: Yeah, because, I mean, uh, there's a lot of games out there. Again, I'm not going to mention that. That literally after three, four years, you're getting a new edition out. Then another three, four years after that, there's a new edition out. I mean, how do you kind of keep the, keep the rules feel relevant or fresh or just
2: it's that is a that is a tricky one because we hate that as a concept yeah <laughs> so, um, we wanted that again and again partly why it took so long so we've released the first edition of war on terror and in yeah p.s. It, it's not going to fizzle out in three years
0: no but, um, <laughs> <in> t- nice <laughs> one will <laughs> <laughs>
2: But like if you discover it in 20 years' time, the game, uh, we will be on the first edition of War on Terror. Um, we wanted to get the rules right so that you don't... The difficulty is that because like, well, I mean, we're talking about Games Workshop, the, the, the thing is with it, they have said numerous times um, they're not a game design company, they're a, they're a model company. Yeah. And they just they have they happen to have a game in order to sell products so yeah. they're the benefit of them doing so and I, I completely see it from that point of view is yeah change the rules sell models and every, and every yeah every three four years change the models as well just as just as frequently or more frequently if you like and people are forced to come up a new lists, so therefore buy more stuff okay. um it's a shame because obviously that's the that's... that's the way that everyone expects it to be and i think there's other games like war machine i think they they release editions. I just, I don't. I just don't think it's necessary. If if the game rules are sound, yes, we'll keep it fresh because we, we're going to have a stream of different forces and and factions that already written into the law that we want to bring in. Mm. Um, but yeah, above and beyond that, I mean, the the game is yeah, the game is the game. So I, I, I mean, that might that might upset some people, but it's, uh, <laughs> like I, I,
0: I,
4: yeah.
0: I um. Like that's the one thing that I've always said. It's like people. I know they've got this. Everybody's got this sort of kind of love hate thing, you know. I've grown up for uh, Warhammer since Rogue Trader days. I've been since the early eighties and stuff like I've been playing it, and um, and um, there's 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 always this this sort of annoyance that there is this sort of like I have to buy new things to bring to have a competitive army, and it's annoying because you're like, oh, but I've I've just got all these models that I can't use anymore and I need a I need a new army to do that. And it's frustrating as hell. But it's like that's more down to me, I think, personally, because I have to except that Games Workshop are a model-making company and stuff. And, yeah. uh, you, know, the, you know, Warhammer is just a way, is just a vessel for them to sell their wares. Like cartoons were a way to sell masks and to sell Transformers and to sell yeah. things like that. its It wasn't, you know, the toys were were there and the, the game is just a thing that they use to sell these models. And therefore, it's up to me, uh, if I'm annoyed at it, I have to make i have to make an issue about it but the thing is people sort of grumble and then just carry on doing the same thing now as a company who want to make a lot of money it makes a lot of sense so i understand exactly why they do it because you you have power creep because if you have power creep then all the competitive players want the big awesome thing that's going to win stuff turn one and if you know that race that's going and then they go oh yeah well we're 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 putting in this FAQ and we're doing this. Oh, they're not as good now. But this guy, these guys are so much better. Oh, I want those guys now. I'm going to buy those things. Oh, we'll bring out these cool models. Oh, I want that thing. And so they keep their profits up. So I understand why they do it. So I, I do find it, um, it's one of those things. So I think for yourselves, it's potentially one of those moments where you have to make a a call on, do you want to make money or do you want to make games and stuff? And I, either, both are good. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to make money. If you've got a game and you've got something you want to make a good, successful business, it's brilliant. But you'll get to a point where it's like, do I do the Games Workshop model and upgrade things all the time? And then I'll be maybe a bit more successful or they just stick to my guns and have a good game which sticks to certain um, moral, not even moral, sort of... Um, What's the word? Uh, guideline, ethical. ethical guidelines. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. More and more ethical, uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely yeah. What you're yeah. The, the thing is for us, it's, yeah, yes. <clears throat> we want to we become as successful as possible because, yes, it's great that lots of people be playing our game. But also, do you know what? It'd be really nice to have a large house and a very fast car. Yeah. So, yeah, the money has to come into the equation. Yes. Um, but the problem that Games Workshop has now is obviously. Because of all its success, which it you know, it deserves, I'm not knocking it. They obviously now have shareholders, they have dividends, they have to pay, they they have to make that money. So yes, we'd like to grow and become a, a big company so we can get the game into more people's hands, create more games, you know, do what we love for a living. But we never want to get to the stage where that's suddenly money is the be, be all and all over take a, take a comfortable amount. You know, yeah. what we want to do and still have the love of the game. We're you not in it to try to attempt to be throwing games workshop and suddenly, you know. We'll get no, back, shit, we'll get back to you in
0: 10 years when you're sitting there in your pool and you're like, yeah, I have no idea what well, you were talking about, man. Look, that's Like, I honestly, I have, like, it's not a trick question and I'm not trying to beat you, And Like, I I, I, I fully right. understand if you're starting a business, it's your livelihood and therefore I don't begrudge, like, I don't begrudge Games Workshop doing what they're doing. I begrudge people Just putting up with it and moaning about it instead of, you know, if it bothers you, if it bothers you and it bothers me, then do something about it. And then they either have to just make a decision to change things or they carry on as they are but yeah. it's just it's it's the player base that annoys me more and i'm the same because i moan about it and then play the game and stuff and then it's like it's one of those things it's just like a catch twenty two. just like ah fucking bastards and then oh does anybody below play 40k yeah, and stuff isn't, isn't that
1: <clears throat> everyone who lives in the uk
0: yeah, well, we, yeah, we
1: love moaning about stuff, and then we just crack on. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. There's not a huge amount. not a huge amount of competition. You can, and granted, if you want to play tabletop and you play 40k, you're guaranteed to be able to get a game of 40k. That's it. You want.
0: That's it. Yeah. And I think that's why you get people. And I think that's why it because it's so so popular. Like, for ex- like for example, I've got loads. Like you can see around here, like um, Song of Ice and Fire tabletop games, one of like really great rank and flank game. I like can't, I can't get very many people to play it. Um, I've got like a load of sort of like other games. A game like Dust Tactics, which is like a weird World War Two game oh, that yeah. got defunct and stuff. But um, you know, I love that game. I've got loads of other game types, but trying to get anybody to play those games is now impossible, but I can put a message on Facebook and say, Does anybody want to play Warhammer today? And I'll get two or three people going, Yeah, okay, I'll play with you. I
3: would caveat, I mean I would caveat <laughs> by saying that if you say anyone want to game X Wing, yeah. you'd probably get quite a few take ups on that. Yes. Also but equally one thing I do recall a few years ago pre COVID when um during my daughter's first year at secondary school, um she said, "Oh, there's a game club starting up tonight. All right, yeah, something called Warhammer. <laughs> oh,
4: know.
3: what's
0: that?
3: <laughs> exactly, but it was But I think, and but it was called the Warhammer Club. It wasn't a games club. It was yeah. the Warhammer Club.
0: Yeah, it was the same in my school. It was called the Warhammer Club. Uh, it wasn't. It, it was for all yeah. types of games, but it was called the Warhammer Club, and that's what you but used it,
1: to. You could argue that it's got to the stage now where it's like, um." Well, it's like the vacuum cleaner scenario. Yeah,
0: yeah, Everyone yeah. just calls it a fever. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. So. So that's the issue. Yeah. Which, yeah. So it's now such a generic term
3: that It's recognised. And yeah. also because because we've got we've got the Warhammer shops in pretty much every town that, you know, it's front and centre. for the fact that you know, even though town centres are effectively dying because yeah. people are shopping online, but still even so it's become such a ubiquitous part of the UK culture. Warhammer is gaming. Gaming is Warhammer, and I think we need sort of divide those two words out. Tonight. That's
2: yeah. There's a there's a lot of people trying to fight that. I mean, um, like yourselves. <laughs> well, yeah. like us, and you know, and there's certain YouTubers that speak about it. I mean, love or loathe I mean, we're big fans, but you've got um, Discourse Miniatures. She yeah. she very heavily leans on the fact that it's now people think it's 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 Warhammer. It's not tabletop gaming it's Warhammer, and people refer to it as such because they don't know there's a vast array of you know other games other games out there they can play so yeah it is and you know, do need need that separation but then games workshop are even bigger than anyone talking about it and they're leaning on the other way going yeah well why not make it warhammer is yeah yeah it's, it yeah, like, they,
0: it's, it's a bit. Just, just yeah it is sad because there is like there's been you know when i was growing up there literally was sort of, you had historical. So the games I played when I was growing up, I had sort of uh, hex-based um, sort of World War II games that me and my dad used to play, or we had Warhammer just started, so we just literally got Rogue Trader come out, um, and then you had like games like Hero Quest, or you had Talisman, <laughs> you had these board games and stuff like that, or you had historical miniature games like Napoleonics and things like that. And you didn't have a lot of choice. So there was just like, okay, you can do that. But now there's so, there is so much choice. There's too Uh, much, there's too much choice sometimes. Like my, the stupid, my wallet aches (laughs) the amount of stuff that I, I buy. Cause I'm like, that's an awesome game. That's an awesome game. That's an awesome game. Oh my God, there's so much cool stuff. And it's just like, I feel like it's like some people just get so overwhelmed they go oh, "Okay, can we know this we're just going to we're going to stay put in the, our comfortable little zone instead of venturing out into something new and then you know so and-
1: on that <coughs> that's exactly we we've had that in mind since the start it's like if you and I'll stay on topic with warhammer because it really is this way if you want to start again um it's so much money. It's so much money to start. You Then you need all the paints and brushes and everything else included. Even if you just wanted to glue the models together and play unpainted, it's still a lot of money to do so um, because you need to bring to the table a certain amount of models. Whereas thanks to this sort of the organization, well, how war on terror plays one, we want to always try and keep it on the cheaper side of things anyway. Um, and this kind of
2: goes back to we want, we're in it no, i think I, yeah. I think i can hear my kids and i just need to check going to sleep <laughs> like they should be doing it.
1: so we we're, we're in it for the game when yes we've said we we would like a bit of money of course because that's going to help us yeah of course go into this more full time and develop more games and d- design more models but we always we still want to tackle those big prices is we think everyone we feel that everyone is chasing after the games workshop prices when they're not games workshop um, you, and you've mentioned there's loads of options out there but they see games workshop selling a troop of guys for like 30 40 quid and think yeah i'm going to do that as well then if they're doing it and it's like no no but you're not games workshop you're not this massive conglomerate company that are worldwide known you need to get people in there so we're always going to try and keep our prices down um, and essentially try to force other companies to bring down their prices as well. And this is why we want to become popular because we're going to show, we're hopefully going to show people that you can get into a good game without having to take out another mortgage. (laughs) Um, And it's hope if it works, They will then have to lower their prices to match, to to stay relevant, which will bring it more back into the front of everybody can now afford this, Yeah, Um, which is going to make War on Terror easily accessible because the scalability, you can buy one small troop of guys because the boxes are going to come with a certain amount in it. But with that, you can split that box in half between you and a mate, and still play a full game of War on Terror. Just from that, and then once you learn the rules, <coughs> build upon it from there, and slowly get larger armies without ever having to learn a new game.
0: So what 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 were your what were your prices then? Or so, um, so what 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 your your box? What your Kickstarter uh, starter box? What, what were you uh, selling it for,
2: Alex? Uh, yeah, well that was um so that was the basic pledge you got, yeah, you got what we call the initiate box, um, and that was hundred and twenty pounds for the Kickstarter. And that came with absolutely everything you need to play the game. Uh, literally everything. As long as you had a table, it came with everything else. Uh, so all the dice you need, tape measure, um, it came with some terrain pieces as well, so enough to populate a fairly a fairly good sized table. It came with a rule book. Um, all the intel records, all the models, uh, the rules and all the intel records will be online for free and always will be anyway. Mm. Uh, and then within that, you've got your two choice of forces. So we didn't force humans and ah, greys on okay. you. For, you got to choose which two or four you wanted. Uh, and that threw up some people, had some interesting interesting mixes of things. And a couple of people doubled up. So they went for like two Talos armies. So I guess they just you know, which obviously is an option you can do if you're going to play against, if you're going to play against someone else. Um, yes, yeah, so you've got two, you got two full armies worth of models in there as well. Um, I think the full array of everything that was in there is still on the website. So you can see it's, it's yes. a good, yeah, it's a good, a good amount of stuff. And we felt that it was, um, although 120 is still not to be sniffed at for, for most people, we found it good value for the amount that we were putting in especially compared when you do compare it to other other companies and i'm not specifically picking on on games workshop <laughs> i mean the way they've priced it now everyone else looks at that and goes oh we'll do the same you know there's you know obviously battle techs you know knocking around went to um i think we were in element games um not that long ago and just some of the prices and again i'm not I'm not moaning. I'm not moaning about these things, but some of them I, I would find it quite hard to justify if we were. So, how does? Us.
0: So, if you were, uh, what what are your views on? So, 120, I think, if it seems about standard for for a, for a starter box that, like, it's cheaper than like this one that came out, which was, I think, 150. I think, unless you got it from a, um, I think you got it from a, a local game store, which I think they were selling for 130 and stuff. But when you're selling, you're, I think, you're saying like. A, a squad of guys, a squad of Marines, um, is going to cost you 30 quid, 35 quid. What are you what are you guys selling yours for?
2: We looked at um, – I can't remember what you said, but I've got a very hefty spreadsheet somewhere. Um, I think we I, said about
1: 20 pounds.
2: Yeah, I think oh, 20 guys, three, guys about 18
0: pounds,
1: isn't
0: it? Yeah, something like that. And um, the oh, – yeah i again like this like i again i don't begrudge um prices you know it's just sort of like i think if you're do you are you three d printing these yourself have you got a have you got a company uh in sorry poland do you a lot of it or china or how how do you, who creates them for you
2: we're we're three d printing it and just just a note on that it's everything that we're not doing ourselves so um like the, the boxes, the cards, the, the, there's lots of playing cards and things. Yes, okay, we've done the graphic designing to to create them, but we're we're not outsourcing to China or anywhere like that. So anything we're not doing is we're using trusted UK-based companies. Our playing cards are made up, um, I think it's Ivory Graphics, so I believe we're up in March. And then um, a box has been printed by a tiny box company that are in Surrey. Uh, we're looking at sort of these terrain mats, um as a as a possible addition and there's a company in kent that do that as well so yeah if we're not if we're not doing ourselves we're getting uk companies but we are 3d printing it and will can go into more detail because i know a lot of people have issues with with 3d Mm. printed models however anyone that's seen ours in the flesh there's without trying to blow our own trumpets there's no loss of quality it's no different to having a plastic um, a
0: plastic... I've got one of them around here somewhere. Let's see if I can find it. Plastic <laughs> plastic. <laughs> <laughs> why do
2: so,
0: you, um, you choose before? to go
3: with purely UK manufacturers?
2: Um, we just think that makes more sense. Um, there has a, a size in the fact that everyone likes... I mean, I'm, I'm a chef by trade and so to try and relate it back to that people make their menus sort of As locally sourced as possible because that's what people like to hear um we are from the uk uh we're based in the uk and many people would argue that the uk is the home of tabletop gaming so we'd like to do it as much as possible but yeah on the flip side you hear these horror stories of people and especially around the pandemic didn't help Um, yeah they've outsourced all their stuff to china um it's a lot cheaper but then can't remember the name of the company but i'm sure All this stuff was bought and paid for. It was loaded onto a container. The container cost was going to be about five thousand pounds to get shipped over to the UK. And then all of a sudden, the Chinese company turned around and said, "Sorry, shipping's gone up. It'll be twenty-five thousand. You have to pay it, or we're not sending you the container." That that happened to me in a couple
0: of Kickstarter games. I had to pay extra. Exactly. I had had to pay extra on my yeah. I had to pay extra on my uh, my shipping. it's happened
3: happened to Inside the Box games as well. Literally. Um, the games had all been manufactured, put together in China, and their shipping costs went up, company went under, and all these games are literally sat in a container <laughs> in a Chinese port and yeah. therefore get, getting uh, more expenses because they take up space and that's yeah. costing more and more money. And it's like, can I have a game, please? <laughs>
4: exactly. <laughs> Whereas...
1: There's
2: nothing you can do. Yeah. No. So if do that it.
1: happens in the UK and they go, oh, yeah, we can't deliver it, all right, I'll just rent a big van and I'll come get it myself. Tough.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know where uh, you live. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I've, got, I've got your address. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, no, there's no way that any issue in the supply chain could affect what we want to do when we want to do it
0: see that's the that's the the one thing i i like i I grasp the whole trying to keep make it see i think a lot of people do it because it's more to do with the profit over the um you know uh trying to reduce it because people still have you know they make their stuff in china and the prices are still pretty high um and i think it is more down to oh we can make a lot more profit if we do this way and stuff but you do get those, you know. We 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 have people we know who make games and and in, in China and stuff, and um, you know, it's you do get problems. uh you know, bad product prototypes. It takes a long time to get things back and forth. Um, I can see the benefit of having it within the UK um, because, you know, you can literally go to the factory within, you know, even if it's up in Scotland or something like that, you could literally drive there four or five yeah. hours. You can get anywhere and stuff and, um, you know, see what you need to do. what And if there's any issues, they can be dealt with pretty quickly instead yeah. of having that lag time that you get if it's overseas. So, yeah, I I, I could buy into yeah. that
2: yeah I don't no know if you anyone over there china side um checking everything you know even if even if the prototype you received is good, suddenly there's an issue with the, the amount they produce and then they send over ten thousand units which are not up to the standard or the spec that you're, you're you're requiring then there's literally nothing you can do so yeah I mean it can be a lot of it does seem to be cheaper to have it made in China, but then once you put on the the delivery costs. Yes, it might it might still be a little bit cheaper, but yeah, just the drama that can come along with it. I mean we're probably not making as much profit per unit as we could. Um but then like we've said before, that's not that's not the overriding issue for us. Mm-hmm. We've still got full time jobs. Yeah. yeah, hopefully this grows to to be something we can we can quit our jobs for, but we're not relying on it. So we're gonna do it right or we're not gonna do it at all, basically. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, Has manufacturing the models yourselves kind of provided any benefits? Because like you said, like you got your own 3D printer and you're just kind of printing them off yeah. each day.
1: Yeah, essentially I've got printers um in a spare room pretty much going around the corner. <laughs> but um I I am a bit I, I down to quality control, I'm not I'm gonna try my absolute best to not let anything rubbish slip through my fingers like if 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 it's not a model that i would like to paint and i'm talking about every individual model that i print off and finalize then i i'm I'm not going to put in someone's box um i can immediately make a tweak if i notice any of the sort of the feps becoming a bit loose i can immediately change an fep get that printing quality back up I can keep tweaking the the odd second here and there in print times and print qualities, making sure that everything is up to spec. Even if it means spending an extra hour on the print time, good. I don't mind losing that because the quality is high. I can control Mm -hmm. everything.
2: Um, Yeah, the quality is just good. And just just touching on that because we've had a lot of people voice what concerns they have or at least what they think they have in terms of 3D printing. All of our models, they're all all the support's taken off and they're cleaned thoroughly. There's no residue. They are ready to go, ready to yeah. paint. But in fact, it's even better than injection molding because there's no mold lines, there's no yes. sprue
4: cleaning.
0: Oh, yeah, to... I've, I've, go. I've got friends who are like, obsessed with 3D printing and I'm one of my mates. We were playing Blood Bowl um, last week and uh, he, he turned up with the sort of like um, 8mm sort of... Um, uh, what's the mantic um, rank and flank game? Um, Kings of War. So he's doing like a. Oh. It's he's doing a Kings of War, but he's doing it. He's he's done it himself with like eight millimeter type thing. So kind of like an epic type thing, but sort of. Yeah. That. And the 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 detail that was in those models—it uh, was—it was insane. I was just like, My "God, that's absolutely mad!" And he was like, showing me them, and they were just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. It's like it's a resin print. He spits that. He says, "Like, I can get hundreds on this pl- in the bill plate." And he's sitting there and he showing me. I was just like, "Those are insane, man!" You know. Yeah. He's like, you know, he says, "I'll I'll I'll, I'll print you out a um an uh a um a." an emperor uh, titan if you want and i was like oh wow that's <laughs> like sweet man that's so cool some
1: guy some guy put
0: his details <laughs> uh, or his
1: specs uh online oh, i found it a while ago but he said oh this is how long it's taken me to print on this printer with this resin and overall costs in resin alone 90 quid
0: yeah that's it man he said to me it's like
1: I, I, compared to the,
0: the grand five, 1,500 or whatever it is. I said to him, like, he, 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 he sent me a load of like, because uh, this was before We Knew Epic was coming out, so he sent me, he got me a load of sort of epic stuff like, and, and yep. some other bits and pieces and he's just like, here you go. And I was just like, oh shit man, awesome, how do I owe you? Doing? And I went, no man, it cost me like, a quid or something in resin and stuff like that. It wasn't, you know, mm. it wasn't yeah. very much to, pr- to print those models. And I was just like, wow, that's mad. That would have easily cost yeah, me at a, least. A lot
1: of the costs for us, um, just comes in cleaning materials, time spent, supporting them and designing the models. Electricity. And then, final- <laughs> and then finalizing them. The printing, the, the resin cost is very, very low. And it means that again, we can keep the, the, The overall end cost that you're then putting out onto the models lower as well um
2: but then that's
1: just all the work that goes into it cleaning
2: and everything yeah and that arcs and speaking of work going into it and will can probably go into more detail but coming back again i know you know keep flogging keep flogging the horse but in terms of in terms of quality over profit we haven't kept our resin cost as low as we possibly could because will's been spending a lot of time experimenting a little bit of alchemy with all these different um different resins and stuff and we've we've now found a a mix just got this sort of super hardened uh resin mixed in with our sort of standard resin and these things basically bounce now that i'm in the quality and the strength of them. But the resin cost to us is considerably higher than if we were just using the, the bog Yes, yeah. But it's more important yeah. to us that people can knock these models off the table and they're not going to shatter into a thousand pieces. I mention yeah. it again because that's another concern people have with
4: 3D. Yeah. Yeah. You,
2: haven't got, you haven't got the rigidity that you need.
0: Do they come uh, pre-assembled then? So you don't have to mess around with it and stuff? Or? No. They So all
2: the parts, yeah. All the parts are clean and ready to go, but you, yeah, Simple. they're all so, yeah. The arms, like you have to assemble it yourself. But then we, one thing we don't like that again, Games Workshop is going down the route of, is we don't like monopose models.
4: Yeah.
2: It seems every time they bring out, oh, here are our improved orcs, and it's like, well, they're all monopose now, whereas all our models, are as multi poses. As we can get them, so we obviously don't want to put them together because then it allows you the scope yeah, to. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, there's only, uh, with some things, humans, there's only so many poses a human can be in with the arms and whatever have you. Um, but we've tried to mix it up as much as possible. Um, one thing that Alex brought in years ago, and now it's just a normal thing for us to add in, is literally just a left-handed model.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Right? yeah, that's yeah. a really good idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah, one in every ten people is left-handed.
2: So, of yeah, the left is left handed. So, I thought, well, I've never, and I'm not saying they don't exist, but I thought at that time, I've never seen a left handed one.
1: Yeah.
2: No, specifically built to be, yeah.
1: Yeah, a, a lot of them as well. Like, I remember building uh, a kit of Space Marine, uh, Space Wolves years ago, and I was trying to make up a, um, a Wolfguard model, and I found the most perfect left handed sword. No, right handed sword arm but they just didn't have the weapon hand available in the left hand. And I was like, why, why not just put it in the left hand? at the time I wasn't confident in just being able to just snip it and glue it onto the other yeah, arm. And I was yeah, just yeah. like, to be fair, I'm never much of a modeler. I'm still afraid to do that. Um, <laughs> it's just like, but I'll ruin it. Um, but I was just like, why that doesn't make sense. And that, no, you couldn't find a single, I can't remember what gun it was, but no model had it in his left hand. It was like, this is simple. <laughs> truly space marines are ambidextrous
0: yeah well that's it you know that's it so, and to be fair like I have like a lot of models I, I do a lot of sort of like to be honest I kind of I, I've got to the point now I'm getting too old where as much as my, the young self kind of like messing around models I just like like, that's why I like Armada and I like X-Wing and stuff, because all, they all come pre-built. And I don't have yeah. to fuck around with them. Whereas, good to go. But I do I do Space Bulls as well, and I've got a lot of guys that are dual-wielding and stuff like that. You know, they've got axes and both hands and yep. things, and I've got ones where I've got guys who you have... I'm sure I've got a guy with an axe in his left hand. I'm sure somewhere <laughs> around I've, I've done... I'm trying
1: to think of the weapon, what it was. I can't <clears throat> remember what it was. I think it was just like a Storm Bolter.
4: Yeah,
1: in a left or right hand that just didn't exist in the kit or at the time, and I was like, This is ridiculous.
4: Yeah, somewhere I was trying around. to think. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Um, when you created creating the first creating the game, did you kind of consider all all theatres of war? Like, your, did you consider like the air, ground, sea, space, or was that purely going to be a ground game, like a surface game? It
1: was. It was going to be a surface level game. Um, yeah. It. What I found personally was I can't remember the edition that they started really bringing in flyers. Sixth, uh, sixth edition. Six, six,
0: sixth edition. Yeah. yeah. Sixth edition. And I
1: just that. felt like the game had then started to spiral out of control.
0: Yeah, it's like. I rem- you
1: mentioned this earlier about like the game started bringing in heavier and heavier and yeah. bigger, bigger models, and then suddenly there were. Everyone was bringing in Lords of War, like yeah. knights, and I was like, "Be and oh, blades I don't know and stuff." Going on. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. And actually, the thing is, because I remember, like, I played first edition, second edition, missed third and fourth, yeah, um, and then came back in fifth. Um, and I remember in fifth, um, them sort of, kind of, they started talking about flyers and stuff, and then they had these flyers. And I was just like. I've just, you know, it's mainly infantry and some small tanks and there wasn't any like fifth edition, I you know, there wasn't a lot of options and stuff when it came to stuff yeah. like that. So the idea of flyers is like, oh my god, that's such a cool idea. But then thinking back on it now, I'm just like uh oh, that was just the beginning of the, the massive sort of <laughs> kind of parkery And that's what sort of because we talked about this for the first time. I talked to you about talked to you about it. Was about scalability and what yeah. you—they've built a game in 28 mil scale um, back in the 80s that um, they at the start they just thought it's going to be a skirmish game with a couple of squads yeah. of infantry, maybe a, uh, a transport, maybe a couple of tanks and stuff like that, and that's it. But now you're getting yeah. to the point where you got you've got knights and you've got. Titans and you got things, and it's just like, but that doesn't really sit well on a well, it's not even Sk- a, it's not a system. Yeah, and it's yeah. not even a four by six yeah. table anymore. They've reduced it. It's a five by a five by three, I think, at the minute. They've changed the, the the dimensions of it. Um and it's like you don't get as much tactical maneuverability because you've got somebody with these massive sets of tanks, Or if you're not bringing. Like big tanks, you've just got masses of guys and stuff, and you've got no sort of maneuverability. Whereas I always preferred maybe and I've always said if I ever started again, you'd have a sort of maybe a smaller scale and then you'd be able to sort of upgrade it as you go along, or at least stay in a similar thing. But if you start go if you start going down that rabbit hole, you're gonna easily get to a point where you've got too much stuff on the table and it ceases to be about generalship it's more about who's got the most firepower and who's got the best luck
1: yeah yeah, yeah So we, <sighs> we, we steered we do have models that i mean are off the ground uh alex mentioned the watchers earlier that are a completely uh floating army even their infantry is uh we uh, we've designed them um so literally everything is on a float flying base basically, Um, and the Greys have flying saucers because they're an alien, right? They're they're the Grey Roswell aliens, so they've got to have flying saucers. Um, But that's about as high off the ground it gets. Um, It very much is. They've invaded. It's a a battlefield slog, um, and we do have expansions in the future to bring in sort of the universal-scale map um, that is kind of a mix between Risk and Total War um, which is kind of cool Yeah. so yeah Alex kind of uh, well sketched up a map of a simple star system I can't remember what star system you used um, but essentially dotted out all the planets that you would be fighting over and you can play this as a standalone game like if you were playing Total War and you didn't want to play any of the map the the, uh, the the skirmishes or battles yourself you just click auto yeah
0: yeah yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: and you can do that within this expansion that's coming out in the future or if you have the models available and you notice that you have got enough models to play whatever battle that you've just come across in the game you can put that on pause go to a separate table set it up play a game of War on Terror with the points that said that your points have on this game and then play it out and the winner then decides on this game.
3: How does the uh, point system work for building armies?
1: So, oh, Alex? Oh, well, I was, yeah. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> in a very similar way, I mean, we call it battle value. Um, but uh, having not played the last few editions, I'm assuming it's still... So for a, a standard space marine troop, I, I believe you get the point is for the points value is for ten models.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, whereas ours, every individual model has a has a points cost. Um, so that way, that allows you to take whatever you like. So a standard game, I mean, actually randomly, I can't remember off the top of my head how many points worth of models we've got in each starter box. Uh, Twenty five
1: hundred.
2: Yeah, twenty five hundred points each um, on each side, and yeah, each each one's modeled individually. So if you just want to take one Tesla model, and then everything else is tanks, for example, or something, yeah. Like that, yeah, you can, yeah, you can do that. So it's in a similar way. You'd have a you'd have a points amount set for the battle that you wanted to you wanted to play, and then you yeah you pick and choose your models according to that. Yeah.
0: Um, sculpts wise, is that something you've sculpted yourself, or is it? Have you had a sculptor who sort of designed them for you? How's that work?
2: <laughs> uh, we've we've done it all ourselves. Wow. I think I we, we talked about it, and then I downloaded Blender, which is a oh yeah, three D modeling software. Which then a little while after, we will also downloaded, and we. <laughs> no, I mean to be honest, with you, I mean, we've said it before. Everything we've done, the models, the rules, the law, all the graphic design, the full website, which if anyone's checked, has got all the information on. It's just us two. Yeah, yeah, we have a
1: Oh it's also taken so long.
0: (laughs) It's very very rock and roll. It's very punk punk rock and roll. It's very DIY, man. I love it. (laughs) uh, (laughs) What was it like
2: learning Blender and (laughs) Forceworks? Horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. it's got a it's got a very steep learning curve. we had no experience oh, wow doing like that so we <laughs> did have to learn from scratch and i think we've choked with people before if we were to show you the renders of like the first ever i i walked into work on my laptop one day and, and showed will this the concept of like a basic marine and we thought it was the best thing we ever seen if you look at it now it's well, I'm not going to swear, but it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> put, put it this way, I don't yeah. want
3: to
1: look
3: at it now. That's, <laughs> now, I have a background in 3D uh, modeling, 3D engineering. And yeah, learning 3D CAD is yes. interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, just learning the basics is hard. And I never... I'm, I'm a console gamer because I've tried PC gaming and I can't do the fiddly keyboard buttons, right? Yeah. It's the main reason why I'm a drummer and not a guitarist.
4: <laughs>
1: I hit things and they make a sound. It's kind of, I can't do it. So I never thought I'd be this guy who knew all the hotkeys. And yeah, it's quite weird that I'm pretty, I'm all right at it now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's something I've thought about, but I was like I don't want to go down that. I've got ADHD. I'd be like one of those obsessions. I'd just be like on oh, it, and then it's like no, I can't. I can't do this yeah. to myself. My friends are already trying to get me to get a 3D printer, and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Can't go down that route.
1: So much more to it than yeah, yeah. than we than, than we thought as well. And it's like, why can't it just be <laughs> plugging and play? <laughs> but no, yeah, we we've, we've designed every every single piece of War and Terror is literally. That's
0: really impressive. That, that is yeah. really that is really impressive because you, you you see a lot of these games and you know a lot of it's outsourced um, to other people. So that that's that's really impressive that you've done everything yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh, and and funded. How how long? How many days did it take for it to be funded? Six days. <laughs> yeah, funded in six days. Uh, there you go. Yeah, was it was it a little bit like I can't? No, it was funded it was in six days.
2: days.
1: And then it was a very slow creep um, from there. Purely, we think we had a very what it looks like, and from the names that dropped by and helped us, and obviously kickstarted us. um, They've been present, especially a couple of guys from essentially our last year's UKG and going forwards. And we think they hit it right at the start. Right. I had a very sleepless night. I think we both had a sleepless night, the midnight or the, the night of launching it because um, we immediately had people jumping on in the first five, 10 minutes, um, which Whoa. was an awesome feeling. And there was then a really bit of dr- a bit of dread after the first week. It really slowed um, to a, to basically a crawl. Um, over the next basically three weeks uh, we'd find bits and bobs come through here and there, which was fine the people that really wanted it got there and we're now making their boxes and that's what it is Um, so yeah, six days funded, which over the moon, like, even if it was funded in a month, who cares, it's funded well well, that's it,
0: you you have a successful Kickstarter you've, you've done it and you've done what a lot of people, like I've like the, the web gig, probably done like charity um, uh, Kickstarter or Indiegogo things and stuff, and yep. they were stressful enough just doing stuff for charity and things, yes. you know. So doing your own thing, creating your own um, board game, which I think every every nerd who likes tabletop gaming wants to do. I've been wanting to create my own game since since day dot, but I haven't had the balls to go off and do it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. I, I you know, just yeah. Uh, I, I've always told myself I've not did it, but it'd be like I've got this like these um, these master things about having something like like super like you can it's smaller scale so it can go up to something big. But I've got all those things that's going to do this, it's going to do this and stuff. It's going to cost a small fortune. So I've always told myself before I die, I even if I make one copy just for myself, then yeah. I'll do it. But I haven't had the. I, I, it's all excuses i just um i don't have the motivation and the drive i think you guys have to do it so there's a lot of respect because it's hard it's you know getting something from your brain into reality and then having people believe in you to fund it and build it is is very impressive so well done
1: keep watching this space because we where war on terror isn't going to be our only game (laughs) um (laughs) Between development and production now, um, I mean, I still haven't stopped uh, since like the, the end of the Kickstarter UKG. We had a, another a small convention here in Kent uh, the Saturday after UKG, uh, which went really well as well. Um, just, again, chatting to people, not selling, but letting them know about the late pledges and stuff. But we've still been chatting about like future board games and uh, jotting down some ideas and stuff like that. So there's more. There's more to come from us in the next year. Maybe a week. I don't know. Not a week. <laughs> but, you know, Maybe even tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
4: Yeah. It's,
2: it's, yeah. Because we, yeah, obviously we're we obviously we've hit all the conventions, being sort of war on terror. Whereas actually we need to. We are AWA game design. Yeah. So we make. You know, we will make an array, array of uh, array of games, tabletop and board games, array of miniature agnostic models. You know, are you all going, in good time. Don't get me wrong. I mean,
0: are you going to try and tie it into the same canon, or are you going to try different things, or are you going to?
2: I think no. I think different things. The odd the other things will tie in, uh, like we we're saying, the expansion. We've got a couple of ideas for expansions based in the War and Terror universe. Yeah. Um, we have then and are looking at our our fantasy side of things um, as well, because um, that's something we both like. But I, I mean, I'm heavy into heavy into uh, into sci-fi. Um, well, as is Will, but I know Will that Will's a fancy mad as well, mm. more so than I. So yeah, there's, there's bits and pieces we're working on, um, the miniature agnostic things, just because we like sculpting and we like modelling.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Board games has always been a thing we love as well. We may or may not have something very, very soon
0: along that line. Sort of <laughs> I don't know how
1: much you wanted me to say.
0: <laughs> I love a so, good board yeah. game, so you know. If it is, is, oh, you're gonna love well, this one. Yeah, it's a war game because yes. I like it. You know, I'm a massive Axis and Allies fan, so uh, I love my war games and stuff.
2: It's you. You would like, yes, you would like this game. I'd, yeah, just if people are interested, again, okay, you know, they can head over to to our website and, and subscribe because I'm sure we'll be letting people know. But it's, and well, we'll give you guys a shout as well. I'll send you guys a promo copy. But it, it's something that's been running alongside War on Terror and just coincidentally is, is very quickly reaching the point where maybe it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to poke its head out and, yeah. Uh,
3: Yes. and would this be uh, will this be a Kickstarter or will this be a straight to retail
2: I think it would be a Kickstarter I mean you mentioned earlier about um, about how stressful kickstarters are it's it's again it's it's another reason why we'd want to get to a point where it is a big profitable company because yes we had the successful Kickstarter um, I think we'd be lying if we said it was as successful as we wanted it to be because everyone wants it to sort of you know, to run off and uh, and do what it does, um, but yeah, obviously, what you really need is the money to to advertise it. You know, we did the best we could, getting the name out there, scrimping and saving with what we could over the last few years. Um, you know, because we we just do normal jobs, <laughs> so it's it's we did what we could. Whereas, obviously, if you're a company that's got to the point where you've got not disposable but you've got the income you've got the you know the money to to spend on those things then yeah do it all yourself or you know straight to it if your game i mean and they don't but if your company the size of games workshop you don't go on kickstarter (laughs) but you're two guys like us and yes we've had a successful project but at this stage if we want to get another one out to as many people as possible yeah it's yeah. still. A good start. I don't.
0: I know, man. He got cool, Mini or not, and stuff that you know he could do. Sort of, they do a lot of you know the obviously know, side. They do these, um, um, the Song of Ice and Fire tabletop game. They do like they do a lot of. They got that new one, Mordred coming out uh, where it's just out and stuff. They're relatively I just, big. No, I, I don't
2: know if it's sorry. I, I saw a picture the other day of a of a a Seamon game, and I didn't know whether it was old or whether it was new, but it was Robin Hood, but it was the
4: Disney oh.
0: version. Oh right, okay. I don't know actually. That missed. That completely passed me by. As a, as well, in, as in the fox, as in you know, as the fox, as Ooh. the fox.
2: Oh, ah, yeah. But I don't. Know, I don't. Oh, I definitely had their logo on the side. I can't remember where I saw it now. But okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Really. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm
0: going to have to find that. Out. Robin Hood. Um, but yeah, they They use. I, I think a lot of companies. Um, use uh, Kickstarter. Some of the bigger ones still use it. Yeah, I know that, um, It's a good yeah. way just pre. I think it's a good way instead of pre-ordering s- system. A pre-ordering system isn't it? You're not yeah, have you, yeah. you know what you have to you what you have to sort of like spend your money on them. Yeah, and so,
3: gauges and it gives interesting as well. Mm. Yeah,
4: that's
2: true. Yeah, um, oh, I just I just found it. It's Disney Robin Hood Sheriff of Nottingham game twenty twenty three. Oh,
4: this is, on,
2: this is on board game geek and I. I'm not seeing much about it, so I don't know whether it's brand new. Maybe sure. I saw an there
4: for it. Oh,
0: maybe. I don't know. I'm not okay. seeing
2: it. I, I grew up with that film, and it's one
0: of my Ah, uh, Yeah, man. It's one, I, I, I love it as well. That and Sword in the Stone were like my two favorite, yes, sort of, yes. two favorite Disney films growing up. Um. So with, with the Kickstarter, and we, we've talked to a load of guys who have sort of done similar things, a lot with RPGs and stuff, so it's it's a different sort of thing, but is there anything that, Obviously, it's still early days because you haven't produced anything properly yet. You know, you still got a lot of things to do. But is there anything you would do differently um, or is there anything that you just kind of went, that was a, that was a bad idea um, coming into it using Kickstarter or is it being relatively smooth?
2: It's being quite smooth. We're, if we're good at nothing else, we're good at planning what we're going to do and roughly being able to gauge what outcome we feel so, obviously, with something like that, I mean, Kickstarter was our first one. You could never know what was going to happen. It
1: was terrifying.
2: We, we think we could as we could. Um, you know, we, we visited the conventions we could. We got some boxes and models in the hands of YouTubers um, who kindly made videos for us, you know, like Dave at MS Paints. And we spoke to, you know, spoke to numerous people at these conventions like yourselves and on tabletop. And then, obviously, that led on speaking to the painting phase and things. And then any spare sort of we had, we did Facebook um, advertising, that sort of stuff, rightly or wrongly. Um, yeah, so I suppose it's difficult. I mean, some people would say, "Oh, you shouldn't have done that; should have done that." But we did what we felt was best at the time, and probably really all we could have done. Mm-hmm. So um,
4: yeah,
2: yeah. In that respect, it, we have to look at it as you know, we did the best we could so it was right by us really
0: and i think because you have localized your supply chain i think you're probably going to come up because a lot of the people we've talked to their supply chain is in in mainland europe or in china and stuff like that and they have had issues with things um you know i'm trying to think there's there was one, like, there was a guy uh, called Dice Sports, uh, a guy called Rob, um, and we talked to, well, what's the name of the company? He do the Terminator RPG, Pete. Um,
3: oh, um...
0: Nightfall, Nightfall Games. Nightfall Games. Game, Nightfall Games. Um, and that we had them on, and I had a game um, call, for, called uh, Airflix, which is basically, you remember Spudio? But it's with World War Two planes, so it's like, you know, it's like you flick, you get this uh, neoprene mat, you've got... Um, Spitfires and Mr. Schmitz and stuff, and you flick them. It's an awesome. It's such a good. It's I such a good, game. And you flick it, and you you can you get where you sort of go behind them and stuff. And it's a really good game. We saw him at UKGE many years ago, and went and I I went straight on. I bought I I backed that game, but it got bogged down in so much shit going on, and COVID hit because he was doing it on his own. And it, it went into proper sort of kind of meltdown because he just couldn't get it out in time. I think he's only just about sort of got it out now. Um, fair play to him because he kept on sort of kind of paring through it. And I was having a bit of a bitch about it because I was just like, you know, this game's taken four years or something, three years to go out. Um, and it was sort of, it was him doing it himself. He was sort of doing everything himself, but because he was, it was just him doing it himself whenever he got ill, yeah it all stopped. Or, you know, the one guy he was trying to help him left and then it all fell apart and stuff like that. And so I suppose that is maybe your risk if you've got, you know, if it's just you two chaps, if one of you goes down, then the whole thing sort of kind of jutters down to to nothing. But um, yeah, in his defense, it's an amazing game. It's, it's so good. And he's got an idea, some ideas from some like a space one and things, some other things. Um, but he he kept on pouring through. Um, I've talked to me. Well, few and th-
1: credit credit to him. Then yeah, it yeah. took a bit of time. And okay, that that sucks. But like, yeah. good effort. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like I,
0: I felt bad like because I was having a proper bitch about it. Yeah. <laughs> like I I I I I think of myself as quite a patient person, and I've had Kickstarters that have gone like very I, I backed. Hero Quest 25th Anniversary Edition, yeah, which was, went through, um, I litig- litig- litigation hell because obviously they didn't have the they had the rights for it in Spain but they didn't have the rights for it in the UK oh. and blah, blah so basically that game still oh. that game had to be renamed and I'm only just about to get it after oh, no, no. nine years I think uh, it was twenty wow. f- I was in my old job when I first backed this even the new version came out f- I've got the new version from Hasbro came out before this version. Has come out, and they had to rename it because Hasbro went. You can't use Hero Quest because we got the right state. So they basically got to, got through court and all these things. And it's called, it's basically Quest spelt backwards and then Quest spelt forwards. So the Q's in the middle, and it's to Quest to, or whatever like like that. So they can get around right. it. But it's Hero Quest, and so that's still come That's about eight eight or nine years, I think, that I've been waiting on on that one to come that's through. Not- um, yeah, that's <laughs> mad. Um, that's nothing to do with that. That's them just being idiots and thinking they could sell hero quests and get around all this sort of kind of loopholes. Yeah. But like, you know, the Dice Sports fella, um, Rob, sorry. Um, he He's obviously had a lot of shit and I felt bad. I was I was very patient. I've been very patient, but it was a really good game. It just didn't, it seemed like there was another, I think the, the annoying thing is they had another game that came out before I got that game. And it was just, like, that frustration of, like, yeah, but this game seems to be coming through. And the way he explains this, like, yeah, but uh, all of this money, all the shit that happened... And I, I think he did order some stuff that didn't come through. I did. It wasn't all him. He had some stuff that had to come across from China and stuff. And he had to pay for all the shipping, and he had to pay for all the extra stuff, and he had no money. He had no money whatsoever. And he says, like, everything... He lost money in that game because... Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And he that's, basically, that's, yeah. he had to do it himself. And I felt so guilty after when I talked to him about it. Because I was I would talk to him, I talked to the guys from Nightfall Games who are friendly with them. And they're like, man, you have no idea what happened. And like, you know, made me feel bad. And I talked to him at UKG, and he told me the whole story. And I was just like, fuck, man, that sounds horrible. Like pretty much everything that could go wrong did go wrong for the guy. But he did it. And he carried on, and he got it all out, and so it was just like Kudos. Kudos, uh, Kudos to yeah, him. yeah, man. Yeah, so Kickstarter, I can see like they they're stressful things. They are very. stressful. That's
1: stres- the horror as well. Like so many people <coughs> might be like, I'll wait until it's retail launch because, like, what if the Kickstarter fails and I lose it? I'm waiting years, and and I and I get that, like.
0: I've had yeah. a f I've had a few. So uh, you might be able to see behind me um there's sort of like some uh big sort of models. Um there yeah. is a company called uh Tago Collectibles. Tago Collectibles. Um and they do Big busts and things. Like that. I won't be. I wouldn't be able to show you, but they do one called Mother of Dragons, which is this big sort of like dragon skull with a a, a sculpt of um, effectively Daenerys Targaryen in it. And uh, there's one which is basically a um, like a, a demon sort of holding a guy with a beard. And I like because I, I kind of like painting and stuff. So I've got yeah. these big these big models, and they're beautiful. And they've been doing it for years, and I've been backing them for three or four years, really, really beautiful sculpts, some amazing models. And then I backed uh, one uh, called uh, Moloch, which is like this big chaos looking guy with loads of armor and, uh, and cost, uh, it cost about, that was like 250, uh, 350 euros. It cost it. was a mass. it was going to be one of the big boxes, like the one that's here and yeah. one of the things that's up there. Um, And then they just turned around and they were doing that themselves. They were based in Italy and there was a there was a loaded delay 3 years or something and then there was a message uh last not last year before last saying it's the resin printers have fucked us over uh we're not we're not be able to fulfill the rest of the pledge and I was like, oh, you know, they've been all right for me. And I was like, all right, fair dues. You know, this happens. Kickstarter shit happens. Um, they said, you know, if you want to get anything from else from the store, you can. And they had some other stuff. I was like, all oh, right, fine. What have you got? Uh, I'll just have whatever. You make up the money. And then everything went silent. And then um, I sent <laughs> them an, I sent them an email and um, nothing. I sent them a Kickstarter message, nothing. Sent them something on Facebook, nothing. Um, then on... Christmas of last year I got a I got a random message someone thinking it's said oh we're sorry you didn't get back to you you can have you know uh, some stuff we we sell this and this so you, you can have some of that and I said oh cool man so I've got about 350 euros worth of credit here can I have this 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 and this and this from your shop and blah 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 can I have this stuff? that's fine man you know I appreciate how I think so. and they deleted their Facebook account and never heard them so 350, <laughs> 350 euros
1: gone gone
0: absolutely gone i can't get it back and uh i'm really frustrated because and it it actually taints some of these models for me um (laughs) because i um like i've got kind of i'm sort of semi painting i'm not sure which one i'm semi painting this one here at this moment in time and this is a part of part of it but um I I'm, I paint it and I'm just like, this is such an awesome model, but I'm really annoyed by the <laughs> fact that I owe these guys, these guys owe me paint 350 it. I I don't like it. Yeah, but I'm just like, and it's just annoying because they were so good and then suddenly something happened and I, I again, I tried to give them that benefit of the doubt because uh, of the dice sports uh, rob and stuff and I was just like, you know, shit happens, things go down, but To literally just sort of kind of go quiet and then ignore everybody, delete your Facebook, delete everything, and then run off with €350 of my money. want to know
1: what what went on, don't you? Yeah, that's it. Like
0: If he turned around to me and went, literally, shit happened and the world ended or, you know, something really bad happened, I could probably accept that as much as €350 is a lot of money. It's just the not knowing, and that is that's the one thing I've always said. I said it to Rob, and I've said it to some others you've had had. If you ever have a Kickstarter, and it's things are going badly, even if you're in that mental space where it's just shits going down, it's better to just say to people, yeah, because the, the, what they're going to do is automatically go to the worst case scenario and blame you when it. Potentially, it's not your fault, and things. Like, and it's better to be truthful about it and just go look, like, "My fucking brain's fucked. This has, this has gone wrong. This has gone wrong. This has gone wrong. I'm really sorry." Instead of just going quiet, and everybody's like, "You're running away with our money. You're going to Vegas and spending on and whores and yeah. drugs and things." And yeah, yeah I mean,
1: don't yeah. you get wrong. We did discuss that
0: idea. <laughs>
4: um, <laughs>
1: <next>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, but you
0: know the coin tank came up tails and yeah room, oh, so. it's like <laughs> vegas <laughs> or make this freaking game wow. yeah. <laughs> but yeah that i think it's like from from being a serial to the point where i've had to stop myself and kickstarters because i literally spend way too much money on that thing i all i would say for all the ones that uh, there's been ones that have been delayed for ages but if they've updated regularly it hasn't bothered me because I've expected. Yeah, yeah. I expect things to be delayed in Kickstarter. As long as they're telling me things are going on, it doesn't bother me. I'm, you know, it's like a present to my future self. It doesn't really matter kind was, of when it turns up.
1: <laughs> it was well. Speaking of updates, uh, we did get a message uh, from someone on our Kickstarter saying, "Is there any update?" Um, cause it's been about a month, and I just thought. Yeah, damn! I haven't I haven't mentioned anything yeah. on socials because we've been so busy since the end of the Kickstarter. Just right. Let's let's go forward now. Let's let's get everything together. Let's let's get the numbers processed. We're still on late leg, <laughs> so we're still getting more numbers. We we need to wait until they're done just in case. And then we waited on the orders to come through. And while that happened, obviously we hit summer months, so my work uh, went. Well, seasonal season, so it's in season. So I'm now super busy in the during the day, and um, yeah, I just thought oh, I haven't I haven't mentioned anything to anyone. Yeah, I, <laughs> we've I, just I, been we've just been dead. So I did put a new uh, an update on there, being like, sorry, we are still alive. Like we are still here.
0: <laughs> I, I Like my only advice there would be, if, you know, even if you do one once a month, you got it's something yeah. people can sort of. But because you know, I don't I don't need. Like there's some of them who do them weekly and I just barely read them and stuff like that. But, you know, if it's one I care about and something comes up once a month and I know that they're doing even if it's just like we haven't forgotten about you, this is yeah. happening in my life, I'm doing this, but this is on process, then it makes people feel a bit more secure about their money and stuff. Whereas yeah. if suddenly yeah. you're not hearing anything, then people literally go to that dark place where the evil Kickstarter company is trying to steal their money. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it's. It's hard. I think it's hard to get out of that sort of kind of funk. Like, as soon as somebody, as soon as you, you, you'll start getting those people who overreact and straight away start demanding their money back and things like that. We had them on our charity one where we were just like, because we had a few, really? we had a and we're like, you do know this is for charity, right? We're not keeping any of this money. This is all going. Well, yeah, can we have our money back? And they're like, but can you not give us another? week or two so we can get the calendar sorted or whatever and and people yeah so i had to give money back which was going to go to charity because people but we we were updating quite regularly and i was just you do get people like that and stuff but uh yeah yeah so yeah but yeah i'm you know all all being well but like you you know it seems like if you can get if you guys can do so much and what I can sing is super impressive then i I don't think you'll have any problems and stuff um i know i really i really i really uh look forward to seeing what you're you're gonna have in the future um you know only good things and hopefully in 10 years time we're talking to you and you're in your little sort of you're in your little you're in your office and you got like uh, mm-hmm. you got one of your tesla marines sort of kind of standing outside you know the front of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and
1: the tesla marines standing outside won't be a model it'll be a
0: guy in a suit <laughs> yeah we're so rich we pa- we just pay this guy <laughs> to stand here and do oh that's this. a great
1: model no no that's dennis
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> this actually works this is real yeah <laughs> <laughs> um oh, okay so um where is what obviously the kickstarter's finished now you're getting through you're going to do things um is there anything you know can people do late pledges if so where do they need to go to do that
2: yeah they can do it's <clears throat> it's we're very close to in fact maybe we should have um We should have blocked it off at the the end of last week, but we'll we'll probably give it another week on there. Uh, There's not the full array that we had on on Kickstarter, but you can go to our website and uh, you can get the initiate box, the hardback rulebook, and an additional force, something we added for the Kickstarter, because we allow people to choose which two. They couldn't decide which two. So through popular demand, we had to add an additional force as an add-on so that people could choose three of the four forces, all four of them. So those three are on the website, um, which you can find by Googling War on Terror, um, T-E-R-R-A, or it's www.war-on-terror.com. Um, and then, yeah, it's on the shop page of the website, but feel free to have a look around the website and because uh, there's tons of information on there. We've always said the rules are on there. You can look at them for free so you can get a feel for the game, play it with whatever you know proxy models probably 40k models you've got lying around um yeah so i will probably run that for another week or so and then literally we'll we'll switch that off and then that is it until we get the kickstarter back as you know fulfilled yeah um and in fact because i think on the kickstarter we said it'd be fulfilled i think we put february next year but to be honest with it it's probably looking like it's going to be before that um and then uh, next year yeah well like i said what was your deadline so what when did you say it would be we put on the kickstarter we put um estimated delivery time in february 2024 um which is short for most kickstarters anyway i mean that was still less than a year yeah yeah (laughs) yeah, we've hit go on ordering all the bits uh all the boxes all the playing cards because they already I'd already designed them they're ready to go so it's just a case of we need to, you know, finish uh, producing all the models and then boxing stuff up and sending it out. So yeah. we're not talking months and months and months, really, because it's, it's not necessary. We don't want anyone waiting any longer than we,
4: yeah.
2: we do. Well, so Plus, that's as true. soon as we get that done, we can, we can then do a full retail launch because we obviously don't want to do that before all the people that kindly
0: follow the Kickstarter to get their stuff. Yeah. And you do get that sometimes, and it's really annoying. You can, know, it's yeah. in the shops before I even got my copy of it, which is annoying. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, man, that's that sounds great. If if you can get it done earlier, that's just that's amazing. It's it's unheard of when it comes to tabletop <laughs> games and board games and stuff. Um, I've, I've still got ones or two years, three years, and that's sort of like yeah, it's that's that's pretty quickly, you know, it's come through and stuff, you know. But, yeah. Okay. Do like a challenge yeah (laughs) well yes yeah yeah and i look forward to seeing what this new board game is going to be and stuff like that i do like a good board game um we'll get one
2: uh, yeah we'll we'll talk off we'll talk off here and we'll we'll get one we'll get one out to you as soon as we've got uh, i mean we haven't got promo things you know made yet so it's we're not talking it's not dropping tomorrow uh, (laughs) (laughs) soon yeah just you know (coughs) as an additional thing you know, our main focus, obviously, at the moment is War on Terror, but this has cropped up, and it is at the stage now
0: where, you know, why not? Exciting times. Go for it. Exciting times. Okay, so... um before we leave you, um, we do we do a thing. Uh, by all means, you don't have to participate in this. We can't just end the podcast here. But what we do is um, we do a thing. It's like twenty questions, but you pick a franchise from some sort of uh, a nerdy franchise. Be that Star Wars, Star Trek, Warhammer, um, you know, Game of Thrones, anything sort of you know nerdy that you're into, and you think of a character. And then we have to ask you questions and in 60 seconds, try and guess that character. So, yeah, um... I major character or it could or be like any. as long as it's guessable now pete has a habit of doing one of two things <laughs> he either goes super easy which you just get it straight away like it's c3po from star wars or he goes super obscure and goes for the most random marvel comic guy that nobody's ever going to know but bar that one comic he was in in 1967 at the you know TLN, so somewhere in the middle where it's sort of you know a bit of fun where we can guess it but not so obscure (laughs) that nobody understands who it is so is is that something you'd like to play yeah Yeah. i'm trying to think okay okay i've got one i've got one okay so i let me get my uh my my stopwatch up here my
1: brain's gone blank
0: Okay, you know if you don't ha- if you can't think of one, it's not a problem. We we can sort of kind of think. So, uh, Pete, what's your franchise? Aliens. Aliens. Okay, you you both know aliens, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So it's aliens. Is it John Hurtner. No, <laughs> aliens. Sixty seconds. Go. Are they a colonial marine? Yes. Um. Are they um a meal? Yes. Um, are they a an NCO? No. Damn, you guys are good. Are they? Um, are they? Are are they, are they killed in? Uh, are they killed on the planet? Yes. Okay. So are they uh, killed? Oh, it's, 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 there's only a few Marines you're going to get, so we're going to have right. So it's either going to be is is it Hudson? Nope. Is it Frost? Nope. Is, is it Gorman? Hicks. Nope. Nope. Uh, is it... It's not it's, it's not an NCO. Oh, is he an officer? Nope. So it's not Gorman then. Okay. Is it Vasquez? Nope. Oh, because you said a man. Sorry. No, it's be. Vasquez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, Lord. Fuck. Uh, uh. Okay. So that's 60 seconds. One more question, and then we can have a guess. So... um, Right. So we've had... It's a meal... It's... They they were killed. Yeah. Um, they're in the Marine Corps. They're yep. not an NCO. They're not an officer.
3: Well, we say NCO, what exactly do you mean by NCO? A,
0: they're, like, a, a non-commissioned officer, so, like, a sergeant and stuff like that. No, they're not sergeants or anything like that. So that's not a APOM, then? Um nope. Right, okay, so it's I'm not, not an NCO. You, you,
2: you, you played I can't <laughs>
0: <ask>. <laughs> uh, um, It's not... Like, you can probably... See, I'm not sure if you can see... Up here. you got like my my pulse rifle. <laughs> oh <nice>. yeah,
4: <laughs> pulse yeah, right up
0: there. Right, pulse rifle up there. Um okay, right. Ah, this is gonna really, like, right. Frost. It's not it's not Hudson, it's not Hicks, it's nope, not nope. Frost, it's not Nope. Um obviously Vasquez is fear. Ah, it's Drake. Nope. What? What? Nope. I'm who am I missing? Am Call I miss?
3: yourself an aliens, Ah, oh, no. I thought I was, but I'm
0: not.
1: I'm not that much of an Aliens
0: fan. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> well Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Right. Okay. Ah, uh, it's 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 because it it can't be the medic because sh- nope. That's um. Uh, it's oh, not. Yeah. It's not. Is it? No, because Spunkmeyer, he's he's the pilot. Pilot. Yeah, Spunkmire's the pilot. Um, Did you, and Dietrich is the medic Dietrich's the medic, yeah Oh,
1: you guys are wicked
0: um, I
2: uh, apparently don't know aliens at
0: no, all No I, <laughs> I
2: think
0: yeah. so we okay who uh, hey, am I missing? who see- hey, am I missing? you're going to give me a clue,
1: Pete
0: I don't know,
3: I, I'm out played by the um, stunt double of um, Boone. Stuntable of who? Boone. The TV show Boone from the 80s. The the actor that played him was the same one that played the um, Marine. That gives you an idea what what they look like.
0: I. Yeah, I don't know, man. Who is it? Wisboski. Uh, uh, ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck, hey. man. Yeah. 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 All right, yeah. That, no, that's a good one. That is a good one because he's not, he's not, he's in it enough to recognize him, but he's not in it enough to sort of kind of be yeah. a name. Sort of met
3: him, met him at the aliens encounter at um, National Space Center many years ago. All right. Lovely guy,
0: that's lovely the, guy. Ah, oh, very good. Okay, because as soon as you I, said aliens, I was I, like, I, oh, it's going to be so easy. But yeah, <sighs> all right. Okay, um, have either of you got something, or should I? Should I go for it?
2: Well, if it, if it was sci-fi, I would have gone, yeah, go on, Alex, go on, pick one, go on. I don't know, because I, at the top, it's Star Trek. Well, you can do Star Trek next, if you want. Next generation. I, I, know, I know next
0: gen. I can do next gen. Underneath it would be, be Red Dwarf. Ooh, oh. Pete can do Red Dwarf. I can do a better Red Dwarf. I,
4: yeah. Oh,
2: I don't know. Well, you, you go, and I'll try and think of, I'll try and think of,
0: yeah. Okay.
2: Um, You're going to pick something I'm not familiar with. I, guess. What, what, not your, familiar oh, okay.
0: I can do Lord of the Rings. I can do Game of Thrones. I can do Star well, Wars. Can do uh, Lord of the
1: Rings if you want. Lord of the, the Rings? Of the if if okay.
0: you do
2: Lord of the Rings, I won't have a clue, but we'll potentially we'll, we'll get Ooh,
0: it. Are you a bit of a Lord of the Rings guy. How, 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 how advanced <laughs> are you in your Lord of the Rings before I kind of go similar on you?
1: Um I mean if you want to go Silmarillion I'll do my best I mean, I've
0: read it a while ago no, but I'll I'll, read I'll it go twice through. okay I'll go Ooh. I'll go sort of I'll go Lord of the Rings I'll do one potentially I've done before um but on on one of this podcasts just because it's quite a good one I'm not So is it
1: sticking I, is it sticking But. Be- well, it's, uh, it's, it's
0: it's it's Third it's it's we're talking. Age? Yeah, we're talking. Well, t- arguably, it, it's one of those it's ones. First so, age? Well, it's Lord of the Rings, and then you've got to ask the questions about which oh. books and and stuff, and then I can yeah, sort of yeah, kind yeah. of elaborate. But um, I'm looking. I'm looking for a specific name, so it's uh, yeah, okay. So we'll do this, So Lord of the Rings, sixty yeah. seconds go. Uh, were
1: they around in the Second Age?
0: Potentially.
1: Oh, it, um, are is... they
0: in the films? They are in the film they are in the films. Um, all three films? They are in no, they're not in all three films.
3: Uh, okay. Are they in um, Fellowship of the Ring? Yes. And Two Towers? No.
1: And, oh, okay. Is, are uh they, are
3: they in Return of the King.
0: No. Uh, are so they, just... enough? they are not an elf. Are they a dwarf? They're not a dwarf. Human. Nope. Um, no. Is that no I what did you say that again? Hobbit. They're not a hobbit. No, w- Asari? Nope.
1: Um,
0: Ent.
3: Nope.
1: See, are they, I've forgotten them. Oh, my God. It's really bad. Um, Are they a uh, low-level angel?
0: They are... Uh, and uh, the sixty seconds is gone now, so I'll give you. A good... They are yeah. technically a. Um, gone. I've completely forgotten the name. Yeah, that's, yeah. They're an Astari. Uh, there's. They're... Oh,
1: uh, is it Radagast the Brown?
0: He's. It, it, they are not. They are not a wizard. Damn. They are not that's a wizard. An and he. Because
1: uh... the Astari are the five wizards.
0: What are the words? No, the, the, no, uh, they're. They're basically. They are the oh, same.
1: Einer. The I they
0: are. They it's are not an Inor. So we basically you've got you've got Luvatar, you've got Eru yeah. Luvatar, who is the yeah. god. Then you've the got the, the higher the, level, and then you've got their helpers, who, who technically the wizards and some of the other creatures are part oh, so of. So would it
1: be Sauron? No, Balrog.
0: It is a Balrog, but watch yeah. Bal, which Balrog is it? Oh, are
1: you Bob. talking about Durin's Bane.
0: Boom, Jirens Bane. Yeah. Good lads. There you go, Juren's yeah. Bane. Well,
1: I didn't do it in the sixty
0: seconds. <laughs> I forgot the word for low level angels. <laughs> yeah, Jirens Bane. I uh. haven't understood a single word of that. <laughs> um, I could have gone for I could have gone for Gothmog, the the Lord of the Balrogs from the summer Yes, yeah, so that would have been a good one. Yeah.
4: Um
1: he's the only one actually given a name name, I think.
0: Yeah, Balrog wise, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, or yeah, Gothma, yeah. oh, oh, question, question for you. Um, what, what? Well, not question. Where, what's your stance? Do Balrog have wings, or do they not?
0: It depends on the description. Sort of like within the book and stuff. It sort of infers that they're like the smoky sort of wing-like, like the wing-like thing. Yeah. So it's just like it, it's not something I'm I, I'm too fussed about. But yeah, it's. Uh, i don't know maybe yeah see
1: i'm i'm hashtag real balrogs don't have wings
0: (laughs) yeah right (laughs) (laughs) balrogs would look really weird with like wings even like i remember like do you remember the old cartoon um you know and it even it like that was a freaky car like that was really that was that was 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 so good um Anyway, uh, Alex, we're, we're, we'll give you. Uh, have you got one for us? <laughs> Star Trek. I can do Generation. I can do Next Generation. And pick Red Dwarf. Oh, I don't, um, I
2: don't know what's picked now.
0: <laughs> Will, have you got anything? Do you,
1: no, Alex, I'm so. I was going to go Lord of the Rings, but I can't think of a character. I'll I'll go. Um,
0: I'll, I'll, i've got one for star yeah. trek then. okay 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 so we have star trek in 60 seconds go uh so next generation yes um, star Fleet Fleet? starfleet starfleet oh, are uh, they in starfleet, starfleet. no um, they're not starfleet? no
3: okay are they in the films no so just tv show
0: um yes so they're not okay. are... uh, the human no Mm, okay. So okay not star, um, no, sorry, not Starfleet, uh not human, um, Klingon. Sorry? Klingon?
2: No. Romulan? No. This might be a bit obscure. It's like Roman
0: said. Say again? Ferengi? Are, are they Android? No. It's not Lorde. Travelers? Are they
3: one of the travellers?
0: Yes. Ooh, is it
3: the oh. Jack Crusher?
0: No. Is it the guy who Ah who, uh, what's his name? Recruited Jack Crusher. Who recruited Jack Crusher? No, so
2: i it's not it's my mistake, it's not one of the travellers. Oh. But it's, it's one of two travellers that they've met in this episode. Oh, tra- oh right,
0: Travers. wait a minute. Are they a hologram? No. Oh it's not more airty then. Q oh. no. Of course wasn't really
2: in the
0: fact.
2: Actually it's probably too obscure.
0: Uh, okay all right so one more question each.
4: I think it's
0: like the fifth season. fifth season okay so we've got not star trek not starfleet not uh human uh not in the films uh sixth season not it's one of two travelers that they've met yeah yeah but not the tra- yeah not the travelers as in from no, uh, no. from uh
2: it's a, really, it's a really obscure one I think
0: Travelers okay I'm trying to think fifth season um, is it Scotty? no no because he would have been in the Starfleet and, yeah, not, they're, and, not, and they're not human, human. and they're not human and they're not human yeah
2: um, so. not human and very much don't speak English I mean I know granted none of the aliens said they had the translate, but it's
4: oh let me try to
2: think it's
0: part of the thing so I don't know Mm. I'm, I'm, part of me sort of N- no, no. I give up. Can't think. It's, it's Darmok.
4: oh no,
0: Darmok and Jalad <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Darmok and Jalad Picard. And, yeah, Timba. It's Timba. His <laughs> arms wide open. Ah, oh, that's such a good one. Oh, man, it's yes. Yeah, I threw you off with travellers. That's, that's uh, yeah, no, but yeah, that's a really good one. One of the best episodes. That's so good. That is, is that a seasonal vibe? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. That episode, man. Yeah, his arms wide open and stuff. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, very good. Okay, well, you left. So right. Will, like I'm, gonna I
2: was Lord, I'm gonna stick with Lord of the Rings.
1: because oh. uh, it's it's just what I, what's coming in my brain. Um. So yeah, Lord, Lord of the Rings.
0: Go. Okay, so Lord of the Rings. Sixty seconds. Go. Um. Are they in the uh, Lord of the Rings, the, the three, well, two, tar- sorry, the, the books. They're in the books. They're in the books. Uh, are they in the films? Uh,
1: they're not in the films.
0: Oh, okay. uh, Hobbit? No. Um, Lord of the Rings, the three books within Lord of the Rings?
1: They're not in all three books.
0: Are they in the Silmarillion?
1: Um, they're not in the Silmarillion.
0: Okay, so uh, fel- Fellowship? Yes um
3: are they in uh two towers
0: no okay um to, do, do, are they human? do 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 the hobbits no. do the hobbits meet this person uh, yes do they meet this person and does he have a female helper no so, we, so is not, that tom bombil no, i was going to say it's not
1: tom
3: bombilla
0: right okay. so it is so the hobbits meet him
3: are are they human no okay dwarf no nope. elf no nope. wizard type
0: nope. um, okay, so that's the lot one question each, and then we go it, so we've got it's in fellowship of the ring, uh, the hobbits do meet 'em, meet them,, yeah. uh, they're not elf dwarf um wizards, um fellowship, I'm trying to think, oh and- uh are they? Are they okay do they ship uh, change ships do they ship change are they ship? no nope. oh, it's not Bjorn though.
1: no it's not no
0: it's not Bjorn okay
3: are they do they take to the stone at night in the no. day okay that's not troll then
0: hmm uh, okay I know where this is going against the rules of the game but I need to ask another question because it's Lord of the Rings it's my life no, feel
4: free
0: yeah, yeah. Not, I'll tell you how much it's the my life it is Oh, nice. No, I don't, I don't, no I'm not going to... I can't say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, okay. I
3: could have given you a
0: hint, but I don't
3: want to do it. Right, no, okay. So, um... Uh, let's see. Hobbits, madam. Are the hobbits? They are. Oh, okay. okay. Right. Are they at the party for, um... Bilbo Baggins
0: 111th birthday
3: yeah
1: I suppose they would have been yeah
3: Profeet
0: nope is this a person so he's he's not in the films but he's in the books it's not Sackville Baggins is it nope
3: Uh, I'm trying to think are they relation to Bilbo a no. blood relation. Okay, friend.
0: Is it mentioned by Gandalf? Is it is, is it one of the uh the is it one of the tooks Is it one of uh not a took. Uh God, I'm trying to think. It's gonna be really an... Is
1: that
0: it's quite an, oh, I can't say anything. It's um oh god, let's see. We're well past one minute now, but uh, I've got uh... <laughs> right. Okay, so he's a hobbit. Yeah, it's in the book, but he's not in the film, so it's not yeah. going to be a main. It's not going to be a main character. He's not a Took. He's not a Baggins. Another a proudfoot.
1: I will. I will give you a hint for the part of the book. He's quite a main character for the part of the book he's in. He does quite a bit.
0: Oh, is it? It's not, um, it's not. It's not. It's not Smeagol, is it? You're not talking about Smeagol? no, because no, he's in the other. Yeah, he's in the
3: movies,
0: and he's on the, yeah, yeah. the yeah. movies, dude. Sp- yeah, who's he is? Exactly, he's Gollum. Then he's only Smeagol at one point in time. That's that's one of the argument, but um, he's a, he's got a big. I'm trying to. It's gonna be something really obvious, isn't it? I'm just not as soon impressed. as
1: I say it. As soon as I say, yeah, you're gonna kick yourself. <sighs> Although it's, it's, I feel like he, the is very easily forgotten about. But actually, again, for the part of the book he's in, he's he's quite he's quite big. He's not.
0: It's not the old gaffer,
1: is it? It's not the old gaffer.
0: Ah, uh, okay. No, I'm gonna to have to give up. Who is it?
1: Frederick Fatty Bulger.
0: Ah, goddammit! The because
1: there weren't just four hobbits; there were five hobbits.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> very good. That's the ones <laughs> we like. They're they're gettable. That it's just sort of kind yeah. of you know. Ah, oh, that's a good round. All right, nice one. Mm. Oh, goes. I like that.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
1: again i need to i need to learn up like, <coughs> like learn on my aliens
0: knowledge yeah, Damn, you two are great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old 80s old 80s sort of action films and stuff <laughs> with predator as well and stuff yeah right chaps that was that was great fun great chalk chatting to you as well um really appreciate that um congratulations on the success um, of war on terror. Looking forward to seeing what you got going forwards. Um, by all means, if you've got anything else, please do come back on. Let us know about yep. it. Absolutely, um, um, it'll be our pleasure to have you back. Um, but for tonight, I've been Matt Geary with me, as being Peter Allison. Good night, everyone. Will Anson. Have a good one. And Alex Weber. See. You soon. Night all.
4: Bye. Bye. Bye.